1: Hey, my name is Shabnam Sahi. Welcome to the official Sunrise Radio podcast. I'm on your radio weekdays from 9am to 12 noon. If you've heard the show, you know what to expect from it. But here are some exciting, interesting Bollywood stories that you may have missed this time round served up as part of our official Sunrise Radio podcast. Enjoy. Let's start with some big news. And this is big news from South India. And the reason it concerns us, the average Bollywood fan's predominantly in the north of India and part of the global diaspora, like we are, we know how closely Bollywood's destiny is now interlinked to whatever South India does, right? Bollywood a remake zero. South Indian remake. And the north-south collaborations they have i think successfully managed to straddle years and years of deep rooted cultural divides between bollywood and non bollywood fans and i think this collaboration is collaboration ki jo baat karte now it is very common right it's no longer something that happens once in a blue moon collaboration ki baat nahi wali hoon lekin ek emerging from south india maine suni mujhe to aapko sunana hi padega now, the father-son duo most influential in South India right now and they are influential creatively and commercially. Screenwriter K.V. Vijendra Prasad who gave Bollywood films like Bahubali, Bajrangi Bhaijan*, Mani Karnika. He wrote the stories for these films. Of course, South India he has written many, many more films. And his son, director S.S. Rajamouli, who directed Bahubali. They were the talk of the town recently when K.V. Vijendra Prasad confirmed a rumour that his son, S.S. Rajamouli was indeed... Planning a collaboration with You ready for this? Dan, 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 Hollywood. And this is going to be on a story deeply rooted in Indian values. Hollywood Indian values. I'm thinking Avengers with a Bahubali twist. What are your thoughts? Now that streaming platforms have got us hooked, there's a mini bidding war happening between the various OTT giants. All of them want the next big film studded with A-listers. Listen Disney Plus Hotstar acquired the rights to... I mean, They acquired the rights to Akshay Kumar's horror comedy Lakshmi for about 90 crores. And they heaped another 45 crores on it for satellite rights, ending up with a blanket deal of approximately... Matlab suni suni baat hai 135 crores for that remake, which wasn't exactly Akshay's best film ever, not by a mile. Well, Disney Plus Hotstar are now writing out another cheque, this time for about 60 crores. And this is to producer Ramesh Thorani for his next horror comedy, Bhoot Police, which stars Saif Ali Khan, Arjun Kapoor, Jacqueline Fernandez and Yami Gautam. Considering Ramesh Thorani made the film on 40 crores, that's a clear profit there for Bhoot Police, which is a good sign. Good sign for all those filmmakers who are still slightly nervous, slightly skeptical about streaming platforms. What? Even after a year of drifting in and out of lockdowns, how can you still be skeptical of streaming platforms? (laughs) This is the Bollywood lifeline right now, right? It will be a year this July since father and son Amitabh and Abhishek Bachchan tested positive for COVID and they ended up spending time together in hospital, resting, recovering, convalescing. Although Ash and Aradhya also tested positive, if you remember, soon after. Abhishek Bachchan said mercifully, they were out of hospital within a week, but dad and I stayed on for a bit longer until we tested negative and we could safely step out again. Now, in a session on Insta Live with motivational speaker Anand Chulani, Abhishek Bachchan recounted those dark and worrying moments last year and he said that, you know, no matter what you're going through, at such times you worry for your parents. Naturally, I was worried most about my dad because they're all, you know, they fall in that vulnerable category, right? And for those into stats, those who need to be reminded just what Amitabh Bachchan means to his fans, his family, his friends to this day, his tweet announcing that he had contracted COVID-19, this was the most retweeted post on Twitter in India in 2020 as the world came together to wish him a speedy recovery and good health. Now, you know, there's a bit of controversy mounting over reality shows, especially those music-based reality shows that seek the most talented singers from the far corners of a vast country like India and they hope to give the contestants a stab at Bollywood stardom. Now, so many of our present-day playback singers, well-established in the field, they started their career on a TV reality show. Shreya Ghoshal, Arijeet Singh, Neha Kakar, so many others. Now, trouble erupted when Kishore Kumar's son, Amit Kumar, was invited as judge on a tribute episode, you know, a musical tribute to his father. Now, Amit Kumar wasn't too happy with the caliber of the contestants on the show but he refrained from criticizing them and he ended up saying some nice positive things so far so good after the episode aired amit kumar faced a barrage of criticism for not being totally fair in his comments for not telling the contestants when they weren't up to the mark and pointing out their obvious weaknesses as a judge he should have done that and in his defense, Amit Kumar promptly said that, look, I was asked to keep my comments light and positive for the sake of the contestant's morale. And that I myself wasn't too happy with that. This is when Suniti Chauhan, she took her cue and she jumped into the debate and she said, yes, that's exactly what happened to me as well. I was specifically told not to be critical and this was to keep the ratings up. That's why I left the show. Sunidi so, Yebiketi. You know what I think? I mean, morale is important, positivity and encouragement very important, but nothing beats honesty. If you shy away from constructive criticism at any stage in your life, you stop growing as a professional, right? Na, the truth is often a bitter pill to swallow. Such kaibar karwa bhi ho sakta hai. Lekin apne growth ke liye, apne hi ke liye, use sunna bahut zaruri hai. Now, have you noticed it's only the big stars in Bollywood, the alleged A-list that makes a big deal of taking their films to digital platforms? Because somewhere down the line, they feel it compromises the size and scale of the release, denying fans the 70mm experience. Like it, COVID-19, as we know by now, it takes no prisoners. The safest way to deliver your film to the audience is naturally on OTT in the midst of a global pandemic, Right. Now, yeah, theatrical release said digital release the sirf safe sirf kuch bade stars ko satata. Hai. You know, the younger, more adventurous, more gutsy stars, the so called B listers, they have absolutely no qualms about digital. After Vidya Balan's next film, Sherni, going that way, and I believe the trailer will be launched today, or maybe it's already launched in India. We now hear that Tapsi Pannu's Rashmi Rocket is also happily in talks with multiple streaming platforms to work out the best deal, the most lucrative deal. Well, what can you say, "May the deepest pocket win." You
0: can catch Shivam Sahi, the ultimate storyteller, weekdays 9 a.m. to 12 noon.
2: Hi, this is Anushka Aurora. As always, lovely to have your company for the Sunrise Radio podcast. And this week, I have another special guest on the show. Hi,
3: hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. It's been so
2: long. I know. How are you keeping? How's it going? I'm doing, well. I'm doing very
3: well. Good, How good. Are How are you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Just things are getting back to normal here now. So feeling some form of like relief, Um, just like eating out in like indoors and in restaurants. is just just feels so good. Stop. Stop right making now. it <laughs> and, right now. <laughs> and you guys will be doing that really soon as well. <laughs>
1: Stella, yeah. Fingers, yeah. Crossed, fingers, crossed, fingers crossed. Fingers
2: crossed. But listen, congratulations on Army of the Dead release, that uh, brilliant response. Um, mm. Let's quickly just touch upon that. How are you feeling uh, after it? Oh,
3: wow. Have you seen it? no i have not not yet i i I just got back to the cinema yesterday (laughs) oh so someone someone sent me a picture of the zombie tiger at piccadilly circus like this big thing and i was like oh my god i wish i was there to see it myself it was it's been a bit like surreal it's been it's been fun um i think uh the response has been amazing i think i just love fans, uh, of Indian films all over the world. They have so much love for us and the work that we do yeah. and I've got that love in India for all these years. And now it's kind of cool that for my first Hollywood film, I'm getting all the love and appreciation as well. And Zach has been just amazing to work with. He's such a fine director, the best we have in the business. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, It's incredible. I'm sure that sounds amazing. So
2: congratulations on that. Now let's move on to what we are here to talk about today, which is uh, your upcoming web series, which is out tomorrow. Uh, Maharani, tell us a little bit about the
3: story, firstly. Story is essentially, if you've seen the teaser or trailer, it's essentially the story of a housewife, a woman who's from the village, never been outside her village, never been to like a big city like Patna, never sat in a plane, never read a book in her life and how she gets nominated by her husband, who's the chief minister to become the next chief minister and how she becomes the next chief minister of Bihar. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? And it's sort of like a strange coming of age story of this woman, Mm -hmm. Um, Rani Bharti. uh, So it's exciting because I felt like it's such an unusual character that I've never played before uh, in a film or a series. And I get to play this in a series like Maharani, which has just this whole coming of age, dynamic in what all she goes through. It's been, it's been very incredible. And what did
2: you find most interesting
3: about the character of Rani? What did I find most interesting? Everything. I feel like what she has is so, so often, you know, when we say if a, if a person can't in India, if, if they can't speak English very well or they haven't gone to school, uh, then they're dumb. And I feel like that necessarily is not always true. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have like people who have a lot of like native wisdom mm-hmm. and common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes their lack of education could be just a lack of opportunity. Uh, so Rani Bharti is one person like that. You know, she's never had the opportunity because being who she is and where she comes from and the fact that she's a woman never had access to education, but she's really bright and she's strong and she has agency and how she exercises that. Because when she's putting like, for example, there's a scene, I don't know how, how good your, um, Bihari is not good at all, but yours is really good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a dialogue. She says, um, you know, in the trailer, it's there in the trailer saying, um, which, which essentially it means that why have you made me a woman, uh, the chief minister of such a male, um, government. Mm-hmm. And she's saying it matter of fact, like I just walked in the room and saying, oh, my God, there's so many guys. Why have you made me the chief minister of all these people? Because but actually what she's also talking about in her own simplistic way is about representation of women in government, in, in parliament, in, in you know, all aspects of politics. And, and that for me, that innocence and that forthrightness through which she puts across her views was so beautiful and so enduring. Like here was a character that was innocent and probably didn't have the vocabulary to express what what we discuss often, even as working women today, you know, about our lives and realities of our lives. But she has said this in her very Rani way, you know, and I love that. I absolutely love that. And for me, it has been an absolute honor to play her because, you know, sometimes as actors, when you play a character, they, the, I mean, you put a part of yourselves in the character, but sometimes the characters also give you something. So what she's given me is just to be authentic. Mm. and to be unafraid to express that authenticity. Mm. And I think part, part
2: of this character sounds like it is a reflection on society and how uh, women are perceived and women empowerment. I mean, how important is this character for you? You know, you say she is, she, she's quite simple, but yet she says things quite firmly uh, in mm-hmm. a room full of men. She, she's getting her point across quite, quite nicely right. and calmly. Right. So you say what? What I didn't understand the question. Say that again, please. How how important is this role for you? I mean, you know, in terms of when you look at it as like a women empowerment, or when you look at it as society uh, perceives women.
3: To put it humbly, um, as an actor or as a woman, this is the role of a lifetime, Mm. Uh, and I'm not even exaggerating. To, I've often said this. You know, I, I feel very privileged in a lot of ways and a day goes by when I'm not aware of the privilege that I was born with uh, and also like when you look around you see a lot of people don't have the same access to things and resources that you've had mm. uh, the luxury uh, that you take for the small small luxuries that you take for granted mm. uh, so you know when you play a character like that you really get a glimpse into their world I mean, I've been a Delhi girl. I was born in the big city. I live in Mumbai now, you know, I travel the world. I read, um, you know, there's so much uh, that I have in my life to be grateful for. And then when you play a character like Rani, who's never sat in a plane, never ventured outside her village, never went, never gone to a school, never read a book in her life. You know, for me to play a character like that, to inhabit her world, to understand her choices, um, and how she chooses to express them, you know it, it really opens you up as a person, and I guess makes you more empathetic mm. um, uh, you know and, and for me, this really has been such a challenging role because as actors also there's so much that we know right We're self-aware, we try and educate ourselves about what we're doing. but there's so many things like I would know how to, how to do an interview with you in English, but Rani would be like I don't know what's going on." And how do you play that convincingly that not knowing on screen, that for me was the biggest challenge to do this character.
2: And, uh, you know, there's this whole debate, Huma, about big screen versus OTT platforms and, you know, whether, like, you guys as actors, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, a project is a project wherever it goes, but you as a person, I mean, is there a, a, a certain criteria that you follow where you pick and choose your scripts and your roles? I mean, you know, you've done a, a hum- humongous amount of work, and. And not just humongous, but you've done an amazing amount of work. And I particularly loved you in Lela. I think you were fabulous in that. You were so, so good. So, I mean, how, how does that whole concept work for you now that this
3: industry is really changing? Well, thank you. Uh, I am very proud of Lela. It's, it's very close to my heart. Uh, I've given a lot to that series and to that role. And I've had a wonderful, wonderful working relationship and personal relationship with Deepa Mehta. I think she's such a powerhouse and in so many ways, she's really like empowered me as a woman and as an actor working with her, I think everybody should work with her. She's just, she's just amazing. Um, So yeah, I mean, thank you for saying that, but like, I don't know how to to respond to that. Like, I just feel like I pick stuff that just talks to me, that resonates with me. I feel I want to do right now. And I, it's not like I'm going out looking for stuff. Sometimes if you put yourself in the right frame of mind, you pull things to yourself. So I'm just doing that. Honestly, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not trying to, I don't know, pick only certain kinds of things. I, I just read a script and if I like it, I do it. It's, it's, it's pretty simple.
2: Yeah. And in terms of this, like big screen versus OTT, what are your, your views on
3: that? my views on that are just because you can order in and have a great meal doesn't mean you'll stop wanting to go out and have 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 a romantic dinner or Mm. celebrate a birthday with friends i think the value of that is completely different Mm. Uh, you know we all love binge watching series at home because it's such a immersive experience right and we all have done that and thank god for like streamers like sony live you know who've given us uh, amazing shows like The Scam and now Maharani, hopefully, you know, that, that we can sit at home and enjoy and, and tide through this pandemic. But at the same time, am I not waiting for theatres to open and go myself, buy like a ticket and a big tub of popcorn? Absolutely, I'm waiting for it. Like, I know theatres have opened there. Um, 14th, we release Army of the Dead in theatres and I was just like, oh, I wish I was there. You know, I wish we had a premiere. I remember when I we were know. in the UK. And we had the premiere of a Wise house when I think I spoke to you. Oh, yes. i yes, miss yes. that. I miss, I miss that. I mean, this is great. I mean, and thank God for technology, but like, I miss the human interaction. Promotion. Yes. The human interaction to doing promotions, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just traveling, just, just watching your film with an audience. I mean, so a packed house, like those are just, those are just human experiences. You can never replace the oh. value of that, that, that can, that'll never go out of fashion.
2: For sure, for sure. Now, Huma, uh, before I let you go, uh, I want you to give a message to your fans who are going to be watching this and who are going to be listening to this on the radio. Um, mm-hmm. What is one thing that you would say to them why they should watch a show like Maharani?
3: So, guys, Sony Live is in the UK, and therefore, we are lucky that we can bring to you Maharani. Um, uh, where you guys are in the uk so please 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 watch it uh when number one most important reason is got me in it <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> if that isn't good for you if that is good enough for you then i can promise you it's a great story i think it's sort of like is this fantasy uh, where all of us feel like if we were the prime minister or the president or whatever the chief minister for one day we would really change things around so you know every all of us have this little fantasy that we would do things better or differently so yeah just to sort of uh, live vicariously through rani bharti like, watch it enjoy it i hope you love not just my character but all the other amazing ensemble factors that we have in the series they all are so talented and they've got so much of themselves to the script uh, i think each and every character and performance will really touch you
2: Thank you, Hamar. You're a powerhouse of an actor. You're fabulous in every single thing that you do. And we really, really look forward to watching you in even more projects, big screen or OTT. It doesn't really matter. But just keep oh, giving, thank us, you. giving us a good I miss you. I, I wish I could see you guys
3: soon. Come soon, hopefully. <laughs> I will, I will, I will. Take, take care, care man. Take care, bye. Bye, bye. 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 bye.
0: Listen to our Bollywood queen, Anishko Aurora, from 12 noon to 4 p.m. weekdays on Sunrise. The, Sunrise the Bhangra Showdown with Amit Chana. This special
4: guest is more than special. He brings back and evokes so many great memories of hanging out in London when we were young, uh, restless, and um, full of other things in our life. But we probably shouldn't talk about that too much. Uh, And then end the evening eating bagel bites while these gentlemen uh, used to visit us from over in Canada. He joins me right now from his hometown in Toronto. Blitz Creek is on the line. What's going on?
5: My brother, it is so good to finally reconnect with you. Wow, it's been a long time, huh? A very long time, man. So I still stay in touch with everybody, but you are the elusive, uh, elusive
4: character. We can no, never no, get No, no, of. no, We touch base every now and again. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, you know what, You, as you were just talking off air, right, it's been a strange y- year and a half, I want to say, but say 14 uh, months, you know, and people have kind of been looking out for their own, rightfully so, and making yeah. sure that their family are good and safe and, and now slowly reconnecting.
5: <laughs> there you go man. You, you got a picture up in my room i just showed you brother no so
4: behind me. blitz for those of you that can't see so i'm recording this interview on uh, zoom but obviously you're only hearing the audio of it but behind blitz he's got this amazing collage that his family made for him of all the places he's visited and all the people he's bumped into uh on his amazing musical journey that he's been on how many years now Blitz?
5: uh i've been on the I've been coming to the uk since 2003 so it's 2021
4: there you so, go man there you yeah. go and i was still in east enders at that time as well so i remember first yeah. bumping into you guys running bombay bronx with nihal and having good times but now you're back on the scene look i i, I want to touch on this uh, uh, quite importantly because normally if an artist has been away for a while and i know you've had bits and pieces of releases here and there whatever mm-hmm. it's been like oh i've been trying to find my sound but, but you obviously had Quite a dramatic thing in your life that happened to you, bro. Do you, do you- yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, so much
5: has been going on. But just to touch on the accident, so back in November, um, me and Roach Killer, we ride motorcycles. We've been riding motorcycles for a good twelve years maybe even more so we're we're quite good you know it's not like we're amateurs so but it just goes to show that any anything can happen any day Mm -hmm. tomorrow's not promised i left my house i told my family you know what i'm just gonna go take a spin around central on the motorcycle i'll be back before dinner little did i know i would not be home for another three to four months like just like that in the blink of an eye my life changed i I was headed to central with one of my mates we're on the motorcycles and uh an accident happened someone cut me off and and caused an accident and next thing i know i kind of woke up i was being rushed to the hospital i had multiple broken bones severe concussion um i had to have emergency surgery so i was literally and because of the pandemic not even my mother could come see me Mm. so i was in a hospital unable to even walk and I ha- I'm literally going through physiotherapy as we speak, yeah. trying to learn how to walk normal again. So I had to, I was I was bedridden for months, brother, and just trapped in a in a hospital room by myself. And you know that that made me gain a lot of perspective It helped me, you know, want to come out and just start doing music a bit more fiercely. And that mm. that's what inspired this project.
4: So while other artists have been telling me throughout this lockdown that they've managed to kind of be creative and use the time to really develop their skills as songwriters or collaborations or whatever, you were trying to learn to walk again, right? Exactly. Literally, bro. Till this day, I'm still trying to learn how to walk again.
5: They had to install metal screws and plates into my leg. So, I mean, my mom always says... You know, you always walked with a limp, but at least now you have a reason. It's not just <laughs> not for just
4: being a bad boy. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a bad boy anymore. You literally have a reason. So, oh, you man, know, it's good yeah. of you to be able to look at it in that novel kind of way as well, because you have to look back and go, "Man, I'm just blessed to be able to even be here, right?" That's the thing.
5: Yeah, that's that's definitely it, man. It makes you appreciate life a lot more, and it makes you just go even harder at whatever you want to do in life, whether yeah. that's. Spend time with your family, whether it's music, whether it's all of the above, you know, it's it, it just puts things in perspective for you.
4: OK, well, look, the thing is, the, the blessing is the fact, as I said, that you're here, we're connecting, we're talking again and you awesome. are back with some music. And that is the most important thing, man. So so firstly, you know, congratulations for going through such such a challenging time particularly on your own as well without support man so let's talk about this brand new single because you didn't just release a single you hooked up with your longtime brother roach killer it's got a whole different kind of sound to it it's called 600 cc i'm guessing there's a connection to a motorbike to that is it yeah is there? yeah right. <laughs> okay there you go so tell us about the song
5: so 600 cc is the type of motorcycles that me and roach killer d- drive, right? Mm-hmm. So essentially what happened was, I had recorded the song previously, so E equals MC me and Roach are all originally from Toronto right. and it's just a coincidence that we, well it's not a coincidence that me and Roach went there, but Bobby E equals MC was already there
6: mm-hmm.
5: uh, and it's pretty cool the fact that Three Canadian boys migrated, left everything, and truly had an immigrant story of moving to a different country with a couple hundred quid in their pockets and establishing a name for themselves. So we said, you know what, let's do a track. We recorded 600cc. Then I got into this accident, and I was debating, should I release it, shouldn't I? And I thought to myself, you know, no, man, you have to release it. You know, it's kind of what I was saying uh, in other platforms. Like, the bike doesn't own me. I own the bike. I have to look my adversities in the face and basically say you know not only it's not about how many times you fall it's about how many times do you get up and get back on
4: you know and so, metaphorically so. it's about finding the power to get back on and that's metaphorically both on the bike but also on the musical bike right as well i mean you know it's
5: really interesting when people ask me that because i've been going aggressive this whole time it's just mm-hmm. you know there's so much music and there's so many platforms it's impossible To, you know, at first when people were asking me, Blitz, where you been? I'm like, man, I was on Gully Boy. I've released singles with Deep John Doo on Sony music. I'm consistently making money doing big things. But Mm. you know, you know, it's kind of like me and Roach always joke about it. You ever seen that movie Gladiator? Where he's he's in the middle of the arena and he's saying, Are you not entertained? And that's kind of somehow the way me and Roach sometimes feel is, bro, how many big things do we need to do? You know, and then I'll put out a single and people will be like, Where you been? And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> Man, check in my Instagram, I'm here releasing videos every week, continuously monetizing, continuously touring, but, you know, because of technology, because of the overflow of music, it's impossible to touch base with everyone and make sure everyone knows
4: what's going on all the time So that's interesting, then, so how do you ensure that you get seen in Blitz? Like, how is it? Like, where's the fight? Like before, you used to be able to, I don't know, go on, you know, uh, TV shows and you'd have radio stations, of course, mm-hmm. but they were the outlets were bigger, the shows were bigger, you were here right. as well, there was much more of a scene. How do people, even though we've got more outlets now, artists are getting mm-hmm. seen less? Well, you know what it is, is like,
5: what I've noticed is, and I, I listen to a lot of large label executives talk on this issue, it's really about. It's not about having a hundred million fans anymore. What yeah. it's about is having those couple thousand fans that are diehard Blitz or Roach or a Meat China fans, yeah, and yeah. they're going to lock in and they're going to support everything you do. I'd rather have you know fifteen thousand fans on my Instagram that consistently stream everything I do and go on and support it, rather than have like sixty thousand fans that just skip through my stories or don't even watch them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it's about. It's about niche marketing, niche segmenting and just realizing there's no, it's not like back in the day where back in the day, you could just go on sunrise, BBC, go on just Bungra Z TV mm-hmm. and hit these three, four net channels and you would mm-hmm. conquer the UK and everybody would know who you are. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. It doesn't work like that anymore. So it's, it's, it's basically about cultivating and harvesting your own fan base and mm-hmm. just targeting them. And then hopefully Whoever's into it is into it. I'm not really, the one thing I really do like is I don't have to do songs I don't want to do anymore. You know, like, me and Roach and all of us, we're MCs, we listen to regular hip hop. This whole DC excursion just happened by accident. Now I don't have to rap on pangra songs anymore if I right. don't want to. Right.
4: And, but but the thing is, it's also a scene that you are, I know, hugely respectful of as well because yeah. it's your, oh, of, you of what yeah. you have. So what about moving back to Toronto, back to Canada? Was that a difficult decision for you? Or is it something that you were like, okay, I've done what I can do here. Now it's time to go on because you could be anywhere and make music, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I
5: think it was one of those things where, you know, me and Roach were living together. We had a flat in central London on Baker Street. We lived in... With mentor for months, yeah. in West, you know, in Harrow, yeah. Target Roundabout, you know, that's when we, used to <laughs> hang out with you, you know, and, and, you know, we lived in Birmingham, we lived in Manchester, Glasgow, Leicester, but eventually the whole time I was in school. You know, Roach is a bit older than me, so Roach Roach had kind of already begun his life, and he was in the UK, and I was going back and forth so consistently. I would do a semester of school, come back live in the UK for a semester, and back and forth, back and forth. Right. And then eventually, after when my second album came out, Get Blitz, I realized, you know what? There's no, like, my roots, my love, my family, like, people, what people don't really see is, is yes, you'll perform in front of 10,000 people at a Mela, but you go back to a flat by yourself. Mm. And if mm. you don't have any family or friends, care what. you know, that, that, that's cool when you're like 21, 22, mm. but is it really cool when you're 30? you know, I did what I had to do. And then now I was able to understand, let me go back. Let me spend time with the people that really love me. Mm. Although I'm saying I love all you guys and I love the UK. Yeah, of
4: course. I get that. i family. Ultimately, if anything's been learned in the last 12, 14 months, it is making sure that your loved ones are looked after and cherished, right? Yeah, exactly. You know,
5: we were there during major holidays, Christmases, Thanksgiving, like all these type of major holidays when everyone's with their family. What am I, Roach? We're sitting by ourselves in a flat you yeah. know and it just it, you know we didn't have cable tv we used to we had a projector with no speakers and we used to play fifa every night just on the projector or we were throwing dvds on
4: the projector and make up our own dialogue to it because really? we had no speakers. that is i wish <laughs> you've recorded some of that if we lived in the days of social media then uh, that yeah. stuff would have been so entertaining that's interesting actually how do you think like now like something that all of us talk about all the time we've done whatever we've done when we did it and continue to do it you know time when there was no social media you're talking about 2002 2003 facebook was something that people were just talking about it wasn't even there was no instagram and all that and how do you think it's helped and how do you think it's become a hindrance i think i think it's helped because you're able to document
5: everything can you imagine like even us hanging out at bagel bite that was a quote-unquote star-studded event for the average fan. You know what I'm saying? It's you, me, Rishi, Juggy, H-Dami, Roach, Mentor. All of us in one place just having bagels, laughing. If somebody had put that on Instagram, mm. the numbers would be through the roof. Yeah, yeah. You know? But at the same time, the downfall of that is people are relying on it too much and it's causing mental health issues. Mm. People are too concerned with likes, retweets. They start getting... Ex- I talk to a lot of younger artists and they're scared to post because they, they're like, what if I don't get enough likes? What if it doesn't... You know, oh. how will it look if there's not enough
4: comments? And... And I, I can't relate to that because I don't come from that generation. I'm just it's like a whole what? different numbers game now, and it before it was like how many downloads or how many cassettes or CDs you sold. Now it's just about how many clicks or views you're getting, right?
5: Exactly, it's exactly.
7: A that,
4: game.
5: It, it's a different numbers game, and and I feel it's really affecting. People's mental health, to be honest with you. Too many artists are more concerned with the amount of clicks and likes they get rather than the quality
4: of their music. What was your highlight, Blitz, in amongst all these years? Before we go forward, let's go backwards. What was your highlight for you? What's your standout moment?
5: I don't think it could be one standout moment. I mean, if I had to pick like a few standout moments, one of my standout moments is obviously uh, performing at Glastonbury, the mm. same year Corkley performed. Me and Mentor Collective were privileged enough to perform. And me being from Canada, you know, having to take, you know, we rented a little bus and drove down there, walked through the mud. And then afterwards, when we left, we stopped at Stonehenge and we watched the sun come up. So me, Mentor, AC, DC, we're all sitting on top of our bus watching the sun come up. And especially for someone from Toronto, that was such an unbelievable night for me. I'll always remember that. And then, you know, just overall, like I remember, I remember the day I graduated from university, I was actually supposed to be at my commencement but instead of going to the commencement i was performing at the bbc freshers at king's college when the (laughs) rifle came
4: out i think i was there i think i was there
5: you were probably there and and you know it it was one of those things where i made that decision of yeah i'm gonna have to miss my commencement but this is what i've worked my whole life for you know me and my friend are headlining a show in central London, a place, a country we're not even from. Like, if yeah, yeah. people are singing the words, like it was
4: amazing. It's a beautiful thing, man. And let's talk about the future then. So you've got this brand mm-hmm. new single out, 600 TC. It features two of your countrymen, Roach Killer and E equals MC. And again, E equals MC is a name we haven't heard in a while, right? I mean, you know, uh, some, of the, some of the biggest kind of hits with uh, Monarchy and all that kind of stuff. So what's next? What happens with Blitz? Does he, does Blitz Creek? does he come back to the UK and start storming now? Or can you continue to do what you're doing and cause traction uh, and get, get that recognition in Canada? And wh- who else are you working with? So
5: yeah, I'm glad you said that so number one the single 600 cc is the single off the album called demo tapes and demo tapes i called it demo tapes because essentially these are a lot of scarce tracks like songs i did for the mentor collective Mm mixtape stuff like that that people always liked of mine but they weren't available on digital outlets so what i did was I, i packaged them together because essentially they were my demo tapes that led me to release The Rhyme Book. Right, right. So I put them together with brand new singles like 600cc, pushed that out. It's available everywhere. Next, I already have three more albums finished. So okay. I have a I have an album with me and Sanjay, which is the lead singer of a band called Delete to Dublin. And so we did a whole EP, a four-song EP. What a great That's band, man. It's amazing. So that's going to come out later this year. I also have another album with uh, these producers called XD Pro, and they were they actually produced the song with Nas on uh, the Gully Boy soundtrack. Okay. And uh, so it's me and them with behind the executive production. Roaches on that. DC is on that. On that. And El Fresh the Lion is on that project. And uh, and then there's another project which I've just gone together with four of the best rappers that happen to be Punjabi. From Mm -hmm. Toronto since I got out of the hospital I told myself every Sunday I'm gonna drop a new video and I've consistently done that since I've gotten out of the hospital Sunday 11 a.m Toronto time 4 p.m UK time there is a new video
4: and that's going to continue for the rest of the year. Man, that is truly uh, amazing. And I'm going to end the way I started, man. The fact that you're here able to talk to me right now is the most important yes. thing. Canada is flying flags for Brit- for Asian music across the globe right now, whether it is Bangalore, whether it is hip hop, whether it is uh, experimental, whether it's a bit like a guitar band of Josh. Canada definitely musically is flying the flag. What do you think the future holds before I let you go, bro?
5: I think, man, Canada's always had the talent and now it's just getting the platforms for it. So I'm so happy for Canada. I can't forget Britain. Like, I, I have such deep roots that people actually think I'm British. Yeah, I walked yeah. on walk the street in Toronto and people are like, What are you doing here? And I'm like, What do you mean? I, I'm Canadian. You know, so I look forward to seeing everything coming out of Britain as well. I'm seeing a, 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 a reemergence of a British talent coming out as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy, man. And I think, I think the future of Asian music is bright because there's just more and more collaborations happening, especially now, you know, so anybody listening, whoever wants to work, let's work. I am working. I'm open for business at Blitz Music One. And I guarantee you not many people can keep up with me. Three albums already done. Who knows how many more I'll do?
4: Creek, it's been an absolute pleasure, brother. I honestly cannot wait for the day that you managed to make it back to the UK. And- 100%. I just want to say before we log off on I me, mean, man, this lockdown not
5: only has made everyone get a lot more perspective but you know even just me being hurt so i just want to publicly say brother you know as you can see i'm not joking like yeah. you know you you do play a special part in my journey brother and th- all jokes aside man thank you and humbly like i always got love for you man I the pleasure you- is
4: all mine man anybody that's got musical talent is, is people that i look up to so uh, and you are part of that journey brother so uh, at those times that we had together we'll relive them but they I'm will just- never be replaced because they were special times Thank you very much, brother. It's Creek, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to having you in the studio and, of course, good luck with the new single.
0: Join Amit Chana every Saturday from 4pm for the Bungalow Showdown, playing you the finest in Punjabi and Bungalow music from the past, present and future. This is Anila Dami on Sunday.
8: I'm now going to speak to Alex Norris who's on the line, Shadow Public Health Minister and Labour MP for Nottingham North. Good morning, MP Norris.
7: Morning. Thank you for having me.
8: Thank you for coming on the program. What do you make of the government's plans for GP records to be shared with NHS Digital?
7: I think that as 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 you said just now, as you made that statement, there will be loads and loads of listeners thinking Hang on a minute. I didn't know about this. Nobody asked me about this. This has been something that has been snuck out very quietly. Um, I've I've been in contact with NHS Digital and and with ministers earlier in the week to say that we have to pause this process whilst we have a proper conversation and a consultation with people about what's going on and get their consent for it. Because at the moment, I don't think that's the case.
8: Mm-hmm. And what more will you be doing? I mean, what are the talks like at the moment? You've, you've started those talks. What's the um, reaction that you've received?
7: Well, at the moment the government seems to want to plough on, but we're going to be raising it every day in Parliament. We've got health questions on Tuesday, which would be another good chance to raise it. I'm hoping to get an urgent question drawn out uh, tomorrow, Monday, mm-hmm. um, just to push the government hard on this and to create the political pressure that makes them realise actually that there's quite a lot of anxiety about this because people quite just simply don't understand it, where it's come from, you know, why this why this is necessary. And until unless and until that's been the case, then it then it has to be stopped.
8: Do you know more about how the data will be shared? Because at the moment, we know it will be shared with third parties. We don't quite know who those third parties are.
7: Basically, what they're saying is, and this is this is a repeat of something that they've tried, you know, a number of times. While this government, whilst over the last decade. Um, what they mean by that is selling it off, um, you know, selling it to private companies who can use it for whether it's the development of um, of new medicines or whether it's for development of healthcare services or whatever. And it's a kind of part of a creeping privatization that, that people are very concerned about. Um, you know, in and of itself, using our data collectively can be a really good thing because it tells us about our health as a nation it tells us about emerging conditions and diseases you know for example on the vaccine i think people would expect us to use all the information around the tens of millions of vaccinations in this country to make sure there haven't been you know a pattern of side effects and and when with with one of the vaccines there was concerns about younger people we made a change so that in itself is not a not a bad thing at all i think people would actually be quite keen on that what I don't think people have given permission for, what we do need a much clearer conversation, is the idea that this data might go to third parties that we don't know who they are or why they want it.
8: The thing is, there's not long to go, is there? Until people can opt out, June the twenty third is the deadline date. How much pressure can you put on the government in that time? Do you think it will make a difference and quickly enough?
7: Well, I mean, the de- deadlines tend to drive action anyway. So, you know, there's two and a half weeks. I mean. For for listeners who are thinking, well, what can I do about this? There are two things. Firstly, if you do not want to be part of this, then please opt out. And, you know, there's, there's clear information online about how to do that. But secondly, contact your Member of Parliament and say, I want you to raise my concerns here because I don't think that we've been listened to. So I think 17 days is enough time for that, but you have to have a government that's willing to listen. And we know that that's not always their strong point. So we will be pushing hard. We can't make them do it. but We will be pushing them as hard as possible to say that this has been snuck out. And I don't think that actually they've built public support for it.
8: Talking about lockdown on the 21st of June, what do you make of the full easing of the restrictions?
7: I think that, you know, it's hard to see them um, being lifted in full, frankly, at this point. We're probably a few days too early to make the final and definitive decision because these things need to be guided by the data and it needs to be made, obviously, um, on the full set of facts, which we probably don't quite have yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, I don't think I don't think people would want to see the whole thing scrapped. And hopefully I don't think that the, the hospitalisations data at this point in time would would push to that. Um But it may be that some restrictions stay and some restrictions go. But at the moment, we'll be looking again very hard at this in in Parliament this week before making the judgments made, I think, at the end of this week.
8: Do you think it's likely that social distancing will be scrapped or mask wearing?
7: I think some of the personal things that we've been doing are likely to remain things like distancing and masks so that we can open everything else up that that is something obviously that the um that the government have been hinting at this morning um but as i say it's probably a few days before we know that to be the case but i think people most people i've spoken to are kind of readying themselves for that sort of answer
8: and also on the red amber and green list what do you make of the the list system for international travel
7: it's it's rubbish, you know nobody understands what the amber list really is, that should, you know, our view is strongly that that should go mm-hmm. um, I personally, or, or we as a Labour Party, don't think there should be international travel until the 28th of June when, when the International Travel Task Force are coming back with their next recommendations you know, the the, the variant that worries me is not the Delta variant, you know, we're re- happily the vaccination is, is effective against that mm-hmm. it's what comes next You know, the next variants, and we're always behind the curve. And why are we particularly vulnerable in this country to these variants? It's because our borders have not been secured during this pandemic. And so, you know, only a tiny fraction of people go into hotel quarantine. And it's really making us vulnerable to new variants. So, uh, uh, you know, the the red, the red, amber, green system isn't working. And as I said, I, I would scrap the lot.
8: It's interesting you say about what happens next and the next variant and you're worried about that because ultimately people have been told throughout the pandemic, you know, stay at home to follow all the guidelines. Then the vaccination programme kicked in and it's been a real drive for get vaccinated. And as soon as you're vaccinated, that's how, you know, first it was let's lock down. That's how we'll get out of this. Then it's the vaccination programme will get us out of this and now i'm wondering with you saying you're worried about new variants people might be thinking well we've been in a lockdown we've been vaccinated how will we get back to normal because we know that the virus mutates
7: yeah and we can't spend our you know the rest of time you know never leaving the house in order to completely avoid any future infection or illness or virus i completely accept that point anila but i mean the first thing i'd say is that with the way in which um, infection rates are growing if we weren't vaccinated at this point, we would be talking unequivocally about a fourth lockdown or a third. However you want to count it, we would be going back into lockdown now. Happily, mm-hmm. it seems, and we keep praying that this is the case, that the vaccine has broken the link between um, infection rates and hospitalisation rates, which is you know a wonderful thing and people should be really applauded for the efforts they've taken, both in Um, staying at home, but also in getting the vaccine because our action has worked. What I'm saying is that as we get to the final phase and everybody wants us to be in the final few weeks of restrictions, we should be doing everything we can to get over the line and get to that point. And at the moment, we're trying to say, oh, we're finishing off the restrictions. But at the same time, we've got the back doors wide open. And that, for me, doesn't work and isn't working and hasn't put us at risk. So what I'm saying is not for, you know, not for months on end, not for an undefined period of time, but for the next few weeks, next three weeks, let's keep uh, international travel, travel down to its very minimum levels, and we will be in a much better position to come out and to get back to, to normal lives. So, you know, I do take your point. I think it's a very good point, actually. But I, as I say, I think this would be the right approach just for a short period of time.
8: MP Norris, thank you very much for joining us this morning.
7: Thanks for having me, really appreciate it.
8: Great to speak to you.
0: Tune in every Sunday, 10am to 12 noon, for Anila Adami on Sunday, giving the British Asian community a voice on the matters of the day.
6: You are listening to The Love Doctor here on The Love Lounge with me, Amit Sodig. I have a wonderful, wonderful couple lined up right now and they're ready to take on the couples challenge. Let's do this.
0: It's time for the couples game. How well do you know
6: your partner? And welcome to Rina and Heno. How are you guys doing? Are you all right? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I had a feeling you might be a little bit nervous, though, so I thought I'd introduce you gently, gently. Anyway, <laughs> first and foremost, <laughs> thank you for joining in the Couples Challenge. You guys are very brave, but I'll try my best to put you at ease. Uh, so first and foremost, I guess my question to you guys is, introduce yourselves, tell everyone, like, maybe, like, how you met, how long you've been together, what do you guys do as well? Tell everyone.
9: Hi, so I'm uh, Rina Chosai, i um we, I met Henel, gosh, uh, nine years ago. Uh, we've been married for eight years. Um,
6: and we own Red Cup Cafe in North Caro. Oh, I know, I know the one. I <laughs> you know the one. Delicious yes? food. Oh, my God. Don't stop. Come on, don't start with me <laughs> with food right now because I'll get really hungry. <laughs>
9: sorry, sorry. I'll, you I'll guys, send you over a table. <laughs> <yeah, away.
6: laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys do an awesome fry up, that I have to say. And even a, ve- a vegan fry up as well. I love it. Thank but, you. Thank you. Cool, and so, so nine, yeah. nine years you guys have been together and you've got one kid together, right?
10: That's right. We've got our little Zaya. She is four and a half. Uh, she is obviously the number one in our life at the moment.
6: Four and a half. What an age. Is she, you Has know, she brought home any boyfriends yet? Yeah? You know, kind of like decided what she's going to do at college, etc.
10: She's got two on the go or three. No, I've been indicating three now. She's got three on the go at the moment that she <laughs> wants to marry. So uh, it's early days yet. Yeah.
6: Uh oh, see what we're going <laughs> uh, Have you, Henry, have you, uh, have you figured out your interrogation plan for these young gentlemen that want to court your daughter
10: uh, yes, yeah, the, the, the sort of uh, chair is ready uh, and the question. The little black book with all the questions is ready. So uh, <laughs>
6: bring it on. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Well, you guys have opted to take on the couples challenge. So, how this is going to work is very simple, okay? So, um, I'm going to ask one of you who wants to answer the questions first, and then the other one will leave the room. So, Rina, for example, if you answer the questions, Henel will leave the room. I'll ask okay. you five questions. Then we call Henel back afterwards, and he has to try and guess your okay, five cool. answers, okay? And what I was thinking is... You know, is I'm, I have
9: to win, okay? Because I'm super
6: competitive. <laughs> well, you see, it's funny you should say that, right? Because I thought of doing, adding in something else, right? So if you guys want to come back next week and switch roles yeah. and see who gets the <laughs> highest score we could do that Ooh, so that true. is an option yeah. for you guys alright so so I wanted to start <laughs> doing this new <laughs> thing because when Nithi and I did it right we, you know like one week I did it and she the other week she did it as well on me um, we both got yeah. about the same score so it was good fun but um, so we can do that as a new option on the couples challenge if you guys are up for that Perfect. Cool. yeah okay all right perfect cool. right so uh, I'm, who- I'm gonna take i'm gonna take the,
10: the week then i guess to revise. <laughs> <I'll take laughs> to <go>
6: week. <laughs> so is that true then rena who's who's le- who's gonna answer the questions and who's leaving the room
9: so
6: henna's gonna leave the room and i will answer the questions. <laughs> all right henna henna sorry man the <laughs> okay. lady the lady has spoken right rena tell me when he's That's out of the room the, the real boss <laughs> yeah, I love it. Let me know when he's out of the room and when you're ready to begin answering the questions. Okay, he's he's gone
9: with
6: his cup of tea. Okay, cool. And do you think he can hear you at all? No, no. Perfect. No. Right, let's do this. Right, let's get the questions out. Uh, so first things first, I wanted to ask you, tell me what is your favourite naughty go-to snack? My favourite naughty
9: um, go-to has to be...
6: Chocolate cake. <sighs> chocolate cake. Well, you can't really go wrong with chocolate cake, can you? Oh, no, is it, would you say It it's has your, to be like a triple layer
9: chocolate
6: cake. Would you say it's your own one or a particular brand one or something like that? Is it one that you uh. go to kind of thing? Just any chocolate cake, any chocolate cake, triple layer <laughs> chocolate cake, ladies and gentlemen. There you go, right? If you want to get some free food at Red Cup Cafe in Harrow, just take Rina some chocolate cake, she will sort you out. Question number two Um, what is your favorite song, or who is your favorite music artist? And this can be Hollywood, Bollywood, or other or English music, whatever. Otherwise, you tell me. Oh my gosh,
9: this is so hard, um, because I'm so rubbish at music, um, but um, we, we've we recently been listening to postmodern jukebox which is like um, they do a lot of covers but they do it in a jazz kind of 20s kind of style and it's just very uplifting and it's just it's brilliant
6: oh nice okay uh,
9: so, yeah it, it's something completely different and they've, they've got like those YouTube channels and stuff like that but it's it's amazing and it's just it's, it's songs that you wouldn't necessarily put to like a swing or a 20s kind of jazz kind of style
6: nice i like the sound of that i might have to check that out yes. myself as well all right cool <laughs> so i've written that down question number three i want you to mention something that is either at the top or very near to the top of your bucket list so it could be anything it could be a location you want to go to somewhere in the world something you want to do anything at all
9: okay so my my honeymoon ideal destination was the maldives and um, Penfold's idea of a nightmare destination is the Maldives, so that's my bucket list. I want to go to the Maldives. Oh no! Why? <laughs> why that? Wait, Why is that? He's he, like kind he of... Nightmare. Can, he couldn't. He couldn't bear the thought of being a, trapped on a on a desert island alone with me. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I love. It. Oh my god, poor bloke. No, come on. They're so nice. No, like I've never been. I've never been, but some of my friends have been. Like the the pictures they've shared just been incredible.
9: Yeah, for me, it's just that, that expanse of sea and just solitude and just just taking it all in and just switching off from everything and can all get sticky feet and oh. need to constantly be doing something. So,
6: oh, yeah. bless you. <laughs> I mean, uh, just to be away from modern life for a couple of weeks, that'd just be exactly. so nice, I reckon. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, so following on from that, what is would you describe as the best holiday you both have been on?
9: Um, The best holiday we've been on, probably... Actually, it has to be our honeymoon, which was Mauritius.
6: Oh, and we went there too because, for our honeymoon.
9: It was amazing because I got my beach and cocktails and amazing food. And Henel got to do, like, all the different water sports. And he just went off and made random friends with people. <laughs> and we explored the island. You know, we, we did sort of um, a tour up, you know, literally across the whole island. We went to the... um conservation area to see the white lions and yeah it was amazing absolutely it
6: was a stunning trip yeah we do you know we did as well for our honeymoon and we did the whole like walking with lions like one day we would chill on the beach at our our hotel and the next day we'd go have an adventure Mm. and then we just did that every other day oh sounds amazing it was it
9: wasn't just lying on the beach for seven days or 10 days or whatever it was there was something new to do every single day so yeah oh nice i love it definitely memorable
6: I love it I love it Mauritius I think uh, so another couple mentioned Mauritius a few weeks back as well and you know what you can't blame them can you it's just such a beautiful no, country no,
9: it's stunning and the, the people are absolutely amazing
6: brilliant to- people totally agree alright last but not least we're on to the final question already Rina uh, your favourite film or one of your favourite films of all time like you could watch it over and over again oh my gosh um,
9: see again with music and films I'm so rubbish um Oh, it has to be a thing. I'll have to go for Pretty Woman.
6: Oh, that's, again, another, yeah. another person, a couple said that a couple of weeks ago as well, so that was on their list. Pretty Woman.
9: Because it was, it came out when I was sort of a teenager, and it was one of those first movies that you went to watch with your friends in the cinema, and, you know, it was a kind of a feel-good movie, and it's, it's almost, you know... It was just like a
6: little love story there with a little bit of heartbreak. Yeah, it was a
9: brilliant movie. Nice.
6: And I, I love la- Julia Robin. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's a great film as well. I, one, I'm not afraid to mention that I think it's a brilliant film as well. It's always fun yeah, to watch okay. when it comes on. Perfect. Rena, you did it. You answered your five questions. Now, Henel Thank has the hard, hard, the hard job inviting back in. Bring him back in. All right, let me call him. Hang All on. right, let's do it. While she's bringing him in, I just wanted to say for any of the couples out there listening in, if you ever want to take on the couples challenge, just drop me a WhatsApp 795 <laughs> 700 272. And right, Heno is back in the room. I can hear him. So, Heno, are you yeah, ready? Yes, yeah, I guess so. All right, let's do this. So I asked Rena five questions. I'm going to ask you the same five. You've got to guess what Rena answered, OK? To see how okay. well you know your partner. OK, question number one. I asked Rena. I said, what's her favourite go-to naughty snack what do you think she said
10: uh okay it's going to be chocolate related uh well it's going to be a toss-up between chocolate bar and a chocolate cake uh i'll probably say chocolate cake that's the last thing i saw uh
6: nice I'm not going to reveal I'm not going to reveal the answers just yet by the way so we're going to keep you in suspense a bit longer okay so question number two uh, I asked Rina to mention her favourite song or music artist what do you think she said
10: oh my god she does not reveal anything of this because she always has to listen to my music I'm going to I'm going to say favourite God, i can't even say it's gonna probably be
6: madonna maybe madonna oh you think madonna yeah. okay cool interesting Alrighty. um okay and the question number three i asked Rena to mention something on her bucket list at the top or very near the top and it could be it could have been anything like a place she wants to go to or something that she wants to do what do you think that she answered like the one thing that's probably very close to the top or at the top of her bucket list
10: Per bucket, there's only probably one place, and that's uh, Maldives. Nice,
6: okay. All right, now what is question number four? Uh, So I asked uh, her as well to mention uh, the best holiday destination that you have both been on together. What do you think she answered?
10: For both of us.
6: Yeah, what do you think she answered as well? What do you think was the best trip that you've both taken?
10: Oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> uh okay. It, uh I was say like, toss up between Rome and Mauritius. Mauritius because it was a honeymoon. Yeah. Rome just because it was a beautiful city city of love. Uh and it was a great time. Out of the two let let's to go for the honeymoon. Mauritius
6: all right no worries okay cool last question for you then um last but not least i asked rena to name her favorite film of all time uh, and again it could like be hollywood bollywood or otherwise anything at all what do you think that she said
10: well she's not really a film person uh i she's probably watched more films that we've been married than she has before our life and the only film that she really talks about is pretty woman so <laughs> i'm gonna as <laughs> pretty woman that's the only film that she's ever loved
6: no worries. Well, listen, you did it. You've answered all the five questions, right? So I'm gonna just do my complex calculations here and top up the score and do a fake because I'm on a budget production show. Uh, <laughs> do my fake drum roll and top up the scores and keep you in suspense a little bit longer while I add this up. How well do you think you did, by the way? You know?
10: Um, I think I did fairly well.
6: Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna well. I'm gonna put you have your misery Me. now. You reckon you got three?
10: I, I think definitely, I think three is a good. Anything above three, then I think I'm a good
6: husband. Yeah, I think so too as well. I, I think that's a good benchmark to have. I would agree with that. Let's do it, right? So, Heno, <laughs> I can now reveal to you that you scored four out of five. Not bad, oh, my friend. Four out an of five. amazing
10: husband, though.
6: Um, <laughs> that you you are a pretty Thanks awesome you, husband.
10: you I, are clearly the love doctor
6: I yeah i think I've, that puts you in the higher echelons of husbands you know like you know you're I at that level I'm that's
9: literally never gonna live this down i'm never
10: gonna hear the <laughs> end of it now. <laughs> I, I might have to start a netflix show now on this
6: but but the ultimate question is rena are you willing to do, do reverse the roles in a future week a future episode of the of the, the couple oh. challenge
9: 100% because I,
6: I know him better than he knows himself. Oh, <laughs> now, now there's a challenge if I ever heard one. There you go. What do you reckon, Hennell? <laughs> do you think she'd get more than four out of five?
10: Uh, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs>
6: yeah. <laughs> oh, before you go, I, of course, I didn't reveal which one it was, by the way. So the favourite song or music artist, you mentioned the postmodern jukebox that you guys have been listening to recently. Ah, okay. So she mentioned... It's concert as well. Yeah. Yeah so there you go that was the one you got wrong anyway but apart from that you got everything right chocolate cake maldives mauritius and then pretty woman so you did it very well my friend i have to say very impressed my my personal applause to you as well rena what do you think of your husband yeah (laughs) what do you think of your husband for getting four out of five
9: yeah,
6: he's, he's all right. He's earned a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, obviously, you guys are always welcome back to f- to reverse roles and thank see you. what Rena gets at any point thank in the future. And it's been Amazing. an absolute pleasure having you guys thank on. Thank you on for having us. No, thank you.
0: Thank you so much, guys. Catch our Love Guru Amit Soda between 7pm and 10pm every Sunday for that chill out zone.